Um, I want to share with you tonight something that is it's different than what I would normally do, but I, I feel like um, it's kind of what I what I should do in, in this particular trip, and that's kind of share a little bit of my story, my life. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in a, a Christian home, mom and dad. You know, my dad was a deacon, my mom was church secretary, that kind of thing, and pretty much went to church all my life because I had to. Um, actually, my mom told me the only time I wasn't going to church unless I was dead, and I hadn't been dead yet. So I, I tell people a lot of times I had a drug problem going to, you know, my younger days because I got drugged to church every time the doors were open. <laughs> and, but I, I never, even though I went to church, all I learned to do was act right so that people leave me alone. You know? So I went through life like that. And you'd have your moments, you know, and I, and I preach a couple of sermons. I actually preach one that's um, was talking about uh, experience versus encounter. And it's kind of like that. You know, all through life, I had a lot of experiences with God. You know, you'd have your, um, whether it was a good sermon or, or a youth camp or, you know, something exciting that happened and, and would, would give you some sort of a spiritual high, you know, and you'd, you'd have that experience, but it would fade. You know, it was never lasting. It would fade away. And so I went through most of my life like that. I got into adulthood, I wound up getting married, and I had two kids, and, and man, life is good, you know, I, I say life is good, we lived in a 1970-something trailer house that the wind blew through, the curtains would move at night, but we had things, we had jobs, we had two cars, there really wasn't anything wrong in my life, but I found myself at a place that, and we, we talked a little bit about this, Ben and I did earlier, that I, I just, I grew rather tired. I was weary with life, and for whatever reason, decided I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, it happened to be a Wednesday night. I, I got home before everybody, and I put the means in my hand in my life, and God just spoke something really simple into my life that night. It just wasn't audible that I could say. It was just something that, that I heard in my spirit, but he said, what are your kids going to tell their friends? And it, and it was enough to, to, to catch me. Because I'd had to deal with that in high school where one of my friend's moms had shot herself. And he, had, he found her. And I, I watched him walk through that. So it was something that, that struck me. And it, and it was something that stopped me from carrying on with my action. But I knew that, that I was, I, I, I had something missing. And, and it, it didn't take me long to figure out what was missing in my life. You know, I mean, I grew up in it. I understood it. You know, and I knew that I'd put that away and I'd hid it from my family. We just ran. I kept us so busy and doing so many things. And, and, and so that particular night when my wife and family got home, I said, you know, we're, we're going to go to church tonight. So when she got up off the floor, we went to church. But <laughs> and what was crazy is she said, I know where we're going to go. For like two weeks, she had been pulling into this little church parking lot, not a, not a church that I'd ever been to. Not the one I grew up in, not the one I was accustomed to, but she'd been pulled into a parking lot at this little church and just crying, knowing that that's where we should be. And so we went there that night. And of all things, it was a kid's crusade. <laughs> the, the pastor wasn't even there. It was the kid's pastor. And her and I had some life experience, and I didn't like her. She didn't like me. And um, hate kind of comes into some of that occasionally. But um, we didn't get along well. And it kind of worried her that I was there. But I told her, I'm like, I came here for a reason. I'm not leaving here until I have what I came for. Because I knew that something in my life had to change that night. I could not continue on the path that I'd been on. 
after the service was over and the kids' stuff was all done, the, the, the couple sat down with us and prayed with us, and, and, it, and it began a journey. Nothing happened that night, guys. I, I, didn't, I didn't walk away from there going, woohoo! I got life by the horns now. I still went away from there struggling. I still went away from there really fearful that I wasn't sure what I could do with my life. And it took weeks. We started going to that church, and I honestly didn't care what the pastor preached. When he was done, I was in the altar because me and God had to work some things out. And it took me a while. It took a process. I, I didn't get where I was overnight, and I didn't come away from it overnight. It took a long time. But I knew at that moment that I had to make a commitment. And I committed my life to Christ at no matter the cost. Whatever it took, I could not go back. Because the only thing waiting for me behind me was death. I, I can't go back. And I, and I still see that today in my life. So fast forward a few years, I wind up in ministry, of all things. We wind up in a youth pastorate, and we move all over the country and haul these kids out of state and into Colorado and into New Mexico and wind up in a, a chaplaincy in a juvenile detention center. So I, I wound up in places that I didn't belong. I couldn't relate. Um, but I, the, the ministry side was still there. Even though I couldn't relate to a kid who was in jail, I still had something they needed. You know, I still was carrying the truth inside of me, and that's the truth that would set them free. And so we spent a lot of time in ministry, and Chris was a junior in high school. We decided it was time to come home. Uh, we'd been away from our families for so long, and we moved back to Oklahoma and finished up his school year. And Again, life circumstances happened. Um, I had a heart attack, and I was 34 years old, and my dad... I lost my dad when I was 13. Um, I actually watched him die on a basketball court in front of me. I was 13 years old. I was 150 miles away from my family and home. He was working out of town. And um, it was a traumatic experience. He was only 38 years old. Coming through that with a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of hatred towards God, a lot of, a lot of meanness in me at that time. Um, Trying to understand all of those things, and, and I'm sure it played a huge role in all my life coming up. Well, here I am, 34 now. I've had a heart attack, and but God had spoke some things to me, and, and and reassured me that there was still a plan for my life, and I continued on that plan. And we get into life, and we're going through these things, and I hit another hurdle. My wife decides that she doesn't want to be part of the family anymore. Um. 25 years of marriage with two adult kids, uh, that was tough. Actually, I can tell you that even though I walked through the losing my dad at the age of 13, losing my marriage of 25 years, the hardest thing I've ever dealt with in my life. I walked into our bedroom one night. My eyes went straight to that gun, laying beside the bed where it was always at. And that emotion came back over me that there was my way out. I wouldn't have to walk through this anymore. But again, God was so quick to say something to me that I, 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 I treasure it and, and I share it with everyone because it's not just for me, it's for every single one of you here tonight and anyone else that ever hears this story. What he said to me that night was, you have more value than that. And I say it to you, you have more value than that. It was just a fleeting moment. My eyes fell away from that. I, it's, it's not an issue. I don't, I don't fret over suicide. I don't fret over losing my life because I know who I am in Christ today. And I know what he's called me to do and what he's given me to do. And, and I just continue on that path. And we move from that to, you know, now, I've, now, I'm, a, now I'm a divorcee. I would have never thought. 
Who would have ever imagined that I, I would have ever been divorced? It was not something in my mind. It's not something I'd ever dealt with. We go on through life. We get involved with Peterson Outdoors Ministries. And, and um, you know, again, I find myself in a place of ministering to people I have nothing in common with. You know, never served in the military. Never, never had to deal with those things. I've fought my own battles, but I've never fought the battles that you fought. So I, I don't have anything on common ground other than I still carry the truth. And God continues to throw, to put it through me into others. It's the only common thread there is. You know, that the need for the truth, we've all got to have it. We all search for it because we're, we're created, we're born with something inside of us looking for that truth. So we move from there. I, I um, seven years into this divorce thing, doing my own thing, living my life my way, and one of the coolest stories to yet in my life happens. Chris and I are in Colorado Springs working. Um, a friend of mine who was, his dad was a childhood pastor of mine. Um, back in our, in our young days, him and I grew up together for a while. When they were there pastoring our church, me and my buddy, we, he'd come to my house, we'd ride horses and we'd carry on, we'd do all kinds of things. And, and Ricky became really tight with me. His sister was one of my sister's best friends and, you know, the family loved the pastor and, and all these things. And um, as life rolled along and, and we moved to Colorado, they moved to Dumas, Arkansas. You know, and I lost track of Ricky for years and years and years in there. And um, Facebook comes along, you know, got to love that, right? And, and Chris likes to, he loves this part that I'm a social butterfly. But um, I find Ricky on Facebook, haven't, haven't seen this guy in years, haven't talked to him in years. And we kind of rebuild this kinship. Never really spent any time together. I knew where he was. He was over in the Tulsa area, pastoring his church, of all things. He grew to be a pastor. You know, so we had another common thread. You know, now we're both in ministry and serving the Lord, and he's pastoring a church. And, and um, over the last about four or five years, he became very, very ill. Um, he had kidney failure. He had sugar diabetes really bad. He was on dialysis. And um, the last two years were really tough on him and his family. Uh, he lost a leg, and he lost a finger, and he lost, you know, just bits and pieces of him going away until... It finally, a year ago, September, took his life. And um, Chris and I happened to be out in October. We go to Colorado Springs to work. And the family learned that I was in Colorado Springs. They're like, hey, man, you know, Dad, Brother McElhannon, lives in Colorado Springs in Retirement Village. We're going to have his 80th birthday party. You need to go see him. Michael, how cool is that? You know, I'll go do that. So I go, to the, I go to the birthday party, and the minute I walk through the door, there sits Ricky's wife. I'd never met her. I'd seen her on Facebook. That's it, you know. I never actually met the lady, and uh, so we we yacked. We told stories, and um, she tells a story about how you know she acted like she knew me my whole life because all the stories that Ricky would tell about our our childhood and things. And who'd have known that a few months down the road we'd actually be dating, <laughs> and a few months after that we'd actually be married, and now we've been married for you know over a half a year. And, and the, you know, again, the story is so unique because the way I see it, the way my life has been, the way, the way things is, have, have come full circle in my life is every time I faced a crisis in my life, God has provided a way out for me. I lost my father. I have a stepdad. He's one of the coolest dudes in the world. He's my kid's grandpa. He's my grandkid's great-grandpa. They've not known anyone else. 
You know, he, he's the, he's been, he didn't come in to take my, my dad's place, but he became a friend to me and, and has been a part of my family now for years. And he was there for my mom and, and it was just a cool thing. So I was blessed in that. I, you know, I, I look at it as being twice blessed. You know, I had an awesome dad growing up, one that would hunt with me and fish with me. But at the age of 13, when I lost him, just two short years later, I had a replacement that would still hunt with me and fish with me and, and do the dad things with me and, and, and be that grandpa for my kids. And then here I am in a divorce situation and God provides a lady that's not only someone who's awesome in my life, but she's also a pastor's wife. So she understands <laughs> ministry and she's already prepared for that and is, and is awesome at it. You know I mean? She's, she's as much a minister as I am. And, and again, I, I see that as being twice blessed, you know, and I, and I've lived my life in that fashion. Now I understand that the, the, the things that I've gone through in my life, I know that God doesn't, doesn't cause these things to happen to us, but he'll use them. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he'll take everything that was meant evil to destroy us, everything the enemy has meant against us to just take us out. God will use for his good and his glory if we let him. That's, that's a big if because it becomes our choice to let God use the difficulties in our life to be glory to him. You know, some of you in this place have had some difficulties in your life. And as you face those challenges, you have an opportunity to allow God to use them for his glory. You might not ever understand why you've gone through what you've gone through. You might not ever come to a full understanding. I can tell you, I'll never understand why at the age of 13 my dad had to die. I don't get that. I don't think I ever will get it. But I can tell you that I can look back on my life and I can see the path that my life has taken from that moment. I do not know where I would be had that event not taken place in my life. I really don't know that I'd be sitting right here today with you guys. I don't know that. You know, I look at the fact that I lost a marriage, and that's, it's not something I take lightly. You know, Chris, Chris and Lakin got married a year after our divorce. Lakin asked me to marry him. I wasn't sure that I could. And I spent some time with that, and I thought, you know, I came back to her and I said, yeah, I'll marry you. Only one reason I will is because I still believe in the vows that I took when I got married the first time. Those vows, guys, are, are commitments for life. I, I don't care what happens in your life. There's still commitments, and you need to take them seriously. You know, I, I know that, that, that life throws some curves, and, and, and um, there's another sermon, Luke. Did you know? Listen to this. I'll, I'll get the, the picture. Did you know that the easiest ball to hit out of the park is a curveball? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I heard a story about that once. But you know why? When, you, when, when, a, when a ball's coming in and a fastball has a certain spin on it, when you reverse that spin by hitting it with a bat, it actually puts a downward spin on the ball. It takes a lot more force to hit a fastball out of the park. A curveball comes in with an opposite spin, so when you hit it and reverse that spin, it actually causes lift. So life throws its curveballs all the time. But if you learn to see it, it's the easiest ball to hit out of the park. You just got to learn to see it. Learning to recognize the curveballs that are, that are thrown at you in life. And when you get good at it, you can hit them. Every one of you have had curveballs thrown at you. Every one of you have had issues in your life that you can't explain. 
No one will ever explain them, but you can use them. You can use them to touch someone else's life. You know, I was telling Ben just a few minutes ago, there's a scripture that keeps coming to my mind tonight, is that, that the Bible says that we overcome him, him being our enemy, the enemy of our soul. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by our surrender to Christ, by our allowing him to come into our life and to fill us, to cover us with his blood, to wash us pure, to wash us clean of our sin. But we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. It's your testimony that changes people's lives. It's your walking through your issues with a heart set on Christ. Even though we don't get it, we don't understand it. You know, I've been asked a thousand times, how did you do that? How do you keep doing it? Why do you smile all the time? I, I mean, the I, only thing I know the answer to that is, is I know where I'm going. Uh, you know, I've, I've the, the stuff that's behind me, I, I don't know if you remember the old movie Gumball Rally, the Italian driver in Gumball Rally, the old, the old Gumball Rally movie. The first thing he did when he got in the car is he reached out and he grabbed that rearview mirror and he snapped it off and he threw it in the back. I love this line. What's behind you is not important. It's your history. You have a future ahead of you. And what you do with what's been given you, what you deal with the cards that have been dealt to you is, is what's going to make your future. You know, every one of us that have issues, every one of us have struggles, every one of us have a story. <laughs> but it's when you take that story and you allow Christ to, to, to center it up and, and you overcome by the blood of the Lamb, you surrender your life to Him, there is absolutely nothing that can stop you. You know, so I told Ben that, that you know, that there's a, I got to watch this in a, in a play that was taking place, one of those, um, kind of like a Halloween time. I can't remember the name of the organization that did it, but they put on this big elaborate deal. Man, I'm his pyrotechnics, the whole shebang, man. It was awesome. But they, they, they're, one of the depictions in this thing was a car wreck. And, and the mom's dead in this car wreck. And this little girl sitting over here, and she's all bundled up. She's crying. And, I mean, it's, a, it's an intense scene. And here comes Satan. His dark form crumbing right at her. And you can, you know, all the lights change and this demonic things. You know, you just begin to feel this intenseness. And just as he's reaching out to touch her, these big pyrotechnics go off and he's yanked back across the stage. And you hear this voice, you can't cross the bloodline. That's awesome. When you have the blood of Christ over your life, he can't touch you. He can threaten you. The Bible says that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He does not call Satan a lion that's coming to eat you. He said he goes around like a roaring lion. He, he acts as a roaring lion. He puts on the show, but he can't touch you. Satan has no power over you that you do not give him. Oh, I've had a lot of people argue with me over that. But he has no power over you that you do not allow him to have. And when you allow Christ into your life, he can't, touch, he can't cross that bloodline. He can't touch you. God showed me one time that when I fail in sin, when I fall, it's my fault. Ouch. I'd love to blame it on everything else, you know, the life circumstances or the pressures that are put on you, the peer pressure. You know, that's why I sinned because it was just too great a pressure. Now, now I sinned because I chose to. Because the Bible says they don't have to. I can rise above it. 
I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do anything. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you as a believer. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. You have the same power to walk out of the circumstances that you're in that Christ had when he rose from the dead. It's ours because he lives in us when we invite him in here. That, that's, that's the call tonight is you have to find a place. It's, it's a choice that you must make. Um, I, I know that it's, it's a difficult term, especially talking about military, but I, and I continue to use it because I think it's the most important thing we can do. In the military, there's a word that you guys don't, are never taught, and that's surrender. But when it comes to the, to the, the message of Christ, it's mandatory. You must surrender your life to him. And when you do, man, there's no turning back. Ben, it doesn't mean you won't face any circumstances. It doesn't mean we won't face some issues. I have faced a lot of issues standing in the, in the position of a minister. Matter of fact, some of them struggles have been pretty rough. And as a matter of fact, I'll tell you tonight, when you surrender your life to Christ, you better buckle up. Life is going to get tough because the enemy is going to come against you with everything he has to stop you from going forward. But if you read to the end of the book, we win. As long as you stay on the right side, we win. The Bible says in the end that to whomever overcomes, to all who overcome, they will be given eternity. That tells me that we're going to have some things in here to overcome. We're going to have some challenges. We're going to have some struggles. But God has given you the ability to overcome them. He's given you the ability through a group of guys that will hang around you and help you and, and, and be with you through all of it. You know, phone calls away, text messages away. You know, I, I've heard story and story and story of all, of all these guys that we've been through with Peterson Outdoors where the follow-ups, the, the, you know, the messages have come just at the nick of time. I've come just at the right moment. You know, it's no different for us. It's no different for me. I've had those same messages in times of, of real dire straits where God provides. So tonight I want, to, I want to share with you something. You have the power to overcome any circumstance you face, any struggle, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a personal issue, whether it's a family issue, whether it's a marital issue, no matter what it is, you have the power to overcome that. Dude, I'll tell you right now, I did not want divorce. I love the life I have today. I love my, my wife now. Man, the lady's incredible. I didn't ask for it, but because it was given to me and I didn't have an option, then I'm going to go on with my life. And now God's blessed me once again. It's all in choice. It's in choice that we make. We stand strong in him, and he will follow up. He'll see us to the other side. I, I tell you guys, if you're struggling in your marriage tonight, buck up. Do your part. Honestly. Don't blame her. You do your part. You know, my wife chose to leave, but I guarantee you she had some good reason. I mean, I can't sit here and tell you that I'm totally innocent of anything. You know? Do your part. Stand your ground. Be a man of God. Be a man of integrity. No matter what you're going through in life, you take the stance to be who you are in Christ and then let him help you sort things out. If it's, if it's a challenge in your physical life, your, your 
marital life, your spiritual life, it doesn't matter. Stand your ground. And you be a man of God. And you be a man of integrity. And see what happens. I guarantee you, you won't lose. No matter the challenge. Amen. Let's pray.